And welcome back to another episode of No Butts About It. It is October 3rd. It is a Tuesday. We just had a crazy week four here in the NFL. And I'm here to just recap it for you guys. And as always, I am Chuss, but I have a new co-host for today because if you haven't watched the uh, last episode or know anything that's going on, Josh is out for the next month or so. So I have to take over the hosting position while he is gone dealing with an eye injury. So during that time, I've decided to throw on multiple different guests to just help me get through because our two other favorite guys that also end up on the show a lot, uh, Alvarado and Stan, have a lot of scheduling conflicts. So sometimes, you know, I just want to have some other guys in here that also have listened to the show and um, that I know pretty well. And one of them actually ends up being my father. And he has been mentioned a couple of times on the show. He has had some takes. He's also mentioned some things while listening to the show and has mentioned them to me. And I have gone on to mention them to Josh in other shows. And then Josh gets all heated about the Bengals and all this other different topics that my dad has mentioned. And I'm very excited to have him on the show today. So thank you, dad, or as you guys can call him, Tom. Thank you for coming on the show today. What's going well, on thank, with you, man? Not much. Thank you for having me. And uh, I'm, thanks for covering for Josh. I know you're, uh, I know Josh really probably really appreciates it. And I'm glad I can help out. And we'll have some football talk here. Yeah, you know, me and my dad always love to have football talks, even when uh, me and Josh aren't doing talks on No Butts About It. You know, we always in, in that in-between time whenever we both get off of work. So it's always nice to be able to discuss some football and finally be able to use the platform here. So when it comes to football this week, we had a lot of crazy things happen. But first and foremost, since I am a Steelers fan, as many of you know, that would mean my dad is also a Steelers fan. Well, actually, yep. I can't really assume that because some some no, parents and son, <laughs> but but in this case, it, it can be assumed that me and my dad both share the same love for the Steelers. And man, what a terrible game it was for Pittsburgh Steelers fans and just for the Steelers in general. I mean, obviously, you know, I think a lot of people underestimated how good CJ Stroud is. Yes. I think he's making some of these wide receivers like Nico Collins and some of these wide receivers I had never really had in any wide receiver discussion all of a sudden just start like making them look good. And then obviously like just destroying the Steelers and it wasn't even a really good win. It was, it was like, I mean, it, it was a good win, but like it was a 30 to six win. It was not a good look for the Steelers. And I don't know. What, what did you think about it? What did you think about it? Cause well, I know you have I a thought- lot of things you wanted to say. Well, I thought our defense was looked tired. I mean, again, we've had three games in a row, two games we played really well. Um, the it looks like that the Houston had a great offensive plan. I mean, a lot of screens. They were letting they were letting them come right at at um, at CJ Stroud and just throw the ball right over their head. I mean, they had a lot of great ideas, um, and they were running the ball. Um, again, the Steelers are probably the worst team out there right now against the rush um in the nfl um you, i mean you can't be a, a dominant defense if you're gonna not be able to stop the run um so i think that was a major thing and then you had the offense doing exactly what the offense has done in the last probably three weeks of the season this is week four they're not doing nothing three and out and then all of a sudden you punt the ball and you give them another chance. It was sixteen. It, it was sixteen nothing, and it probably could have been easily 
probably 21, 20, 24, nothing at the half. I mean, our defense kept them from scoring touchdowns, but, you know, it was just terrible. I, it was a really a bad game. And, um, I blame, I blame a lot on the offense and defensive coordinators. Cause I think they should have been able to come up with a better game plan. And if they saw what was going on, they should have adjusted. And I don't really know if they ever really adjusted enough to get to get what they wanted to go on. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because, you know, obviously Mike Tomlin uh, last, you know, last week or two weeks ago had mentioned that, you know, they had elevated Matt Canada in more of like, a more hands-on role to be working more with Kenny Pickett. And then obviously we had the Raiders game where there looked to be at least some sort of spark in the offense, but obviously that has also been known to have been a flaw in saying that the offense had a spark because of the Raiders defense, not being the greatest defense in the world. So the Steelers were made to look really good on that offense. But when it comes to, you know, going into this week after winning against the Raiders, you know, a lot of, Steelers fans and I know I expected it myself I expected it to be a good game for the Steelers but they ended up just falling very 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 short of my expectations I mean Kenny Pickett did not do good Matt Canada called a fourth and one play that was in shotgun formation which got Kenny Pickett hurt who is probably not going to play this week against Baltimore where we're going to end up having super epic money Mitch for the Pittsburgh Steelers starting at Acrisure Stadium against the Baltimore Ravens so and that is just one of many injuries that we will cover throughout this show but yeah I mean so when it comes to the coaching and everything like that I know that it was just a terrible game you know Steelers only put up six points we allowed 30 not a good look I'll like after coming off of you know two wins in a row going up against Houston with CJ Stroud being a rookie quarterback so obviously there's been a lot of talk with these coaches and I know that you're very passionate about the different coachings that the Steelers have had over in the past what, what do you think of this coaching staff and what would you do differently? Well, I, I I think this coaching staff, I mean, even in the defense, I'm not really as impressed with the defensive coordinator as it was in the past. Um, I think he's okay. Um, but I think the secondary is weak. I think we have a weak secondary. Um, I think that, um, I think they, they went out and tried to get some free agents that they thought were going to help, but a lot of them were older. Um, Patrick Peterson is not the Patrick Peterson of five, even 10 years ago. Um, they got some young play. They got some young players, but yet they're not ready to play yet. So, and then your secondary, you have some safeties that you thought were going to do well and they're not. Um, so, um, and I think, I think you can see clearly that Cam Hayward is hurt. Um, you know, with him being hurt, you can see the, the, um, the line just not being able to stop the run. Um, I still think our inside linebackers, which I thought were going to be an improvement this year, is better than what they were last year. But they're not what they're nowhere near what they need to be. They're not stopping the run in any way. They're not getting in there to stop those those guys from running. Um, I think that I think they need to. I think one of the things I know it's kind of crazy, but I think I would put in that rookie more or not rookie, but he's a second year guy, Mark. Um, Robinson, I think, I think give him a chance. I mean, you got a young guy in there, give him a chance. Why not? I mean, you have some veteran guys, let him come in there a little bit more. I, I don't see them doing that. Um, I think sometimes you need to take a chance and bring in some young people to see what you can get. I mean, it, it can help. Um, I think you go also on the uh, offensive line. I think we had Daniel Moore, 
Daniel Moore, I think his name is, or um, yeah, it's something the, like that. Something like that. Anyway, Moore, he's 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 been the worst offensive tackle in the whole NFL by PFF mm-hmm. grade. So if you have the worst <laughs> tackle, don't you think you should be doing something about it? And what do they do? They have they have a first round draft pick sitting on their bench. They're saying, well, he's not ready. Well, how do you make yourself ready if you don't ever put you know the guy in there? So I think I mean he's injured this week. So I I think that they're going to be bringing in um they'll probably be bringing in him Broderick Jones now for the for the starting. Um, you also Fryermuth as we talked to we'll be talking about it, but he's injured. So you're going to be using their that other Darnell Washington. So you have some people that are coming in that are rookies. You need to bring them in and see how they do. I mean. That's all I can say is because, you know, I, I don't think you should have the worst tackle in the NFL. I mean, you know, yeah. you're not going to be able to protect your your franchise quarterback or run the ball if you have the worst tackles. Um, and again, um, the other one is Okafor is a little bit better, but he's still like 85 out of like 92 possible. So he's not like that good. So you really need to figure out what you got. And I think those would be some of the changes I would make on both sides is get some of these younger guys in there and see what they can do. Because right now, some of these veterans just aren't, aren't cutting it. And then you can't rely on, on, um, high Smith and, uh, um, in Watt to do everything. You just can't, you know, I mean, all they got to do is double cover them and hope that nobody else that, you know, that the other guys don't make a play. Um, so that's my biggest. That's what my biggest thought is on some of the things I would do. I mean, I think Matt Canada again doesn't call the right plays. Um, I I heard today on the radio that um, on the fourth and one, it was it was Mike Tomlin's call for that play. He wanted the pass play instead of the run play. Um, but I don't know that for sure. But this is what some people on the Pittsburgh radio were saying today. And if that's true, it's like why would you know again? You injured your quarterback and everything, and you're you're not even taking responsibility. But that's neither here nor there. I do think that they need to improve um, on what they're doing and how they're doing it, and I think they got to figure out something. I mean, go back to the old days and stick a fullback back there. See what happens. I mean, you got to try something because right now, what's working, what it is, isn't working. So, yeah, I mean. Obviously, there's been a lot of talk uh, within the Steelers nation just calling for Matt Canada to get fired. At this point, I feel like it would be the most logical explanation on why the offense is doing so bad would be Matt Canada per se. But there's been a lot of call for it. Obviously, there's been also calls for just cleaning house. Uh, would you necessarily clean house or would you just kind of, you know, wait it out and just see what happens? Cause I mean, at this point, in my opinion, I think Matt Canada should be done by now. I mean, Mike Tomlin and, you know, defense coordinator, other positions, other coordinators should just maybe just wait a little bit before we clean house. But I, you know, the, this offense coordinating is not working. I don't, I don't know what you think about that, but I think that I think they definitely should clean house with the offensive coordinator. But my thought is, I think what they need to do is go outside the organization. The Steelers, for whatever reason, always wants to bring in from within. You know, we're going to, you know, promote within. Well, you know what? Sometimes promoting within doesn't always make mean the what you're going to get. Um, you're not going to get the best offensive coordinator. Um, there are some really good offensive coordinators out there that can work with young players. Um, bring them in, see what they can do. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, you had like um, we've had when we back when Ben was young, we had, when when he was a rookie, we had Bruce Arians who was really good with younger players. 
you know, you can bring in an offensive coordinator that is good with young quarterbacks. Um, Matt Canada might be a great, you know, offense coordinator somewhere. I doubt it, but I mean, he could be if he had maybe a veteran player or somebody that was, was, you know, middle of the road, maybe he would do well, but I, I don't see it. But my point being is that you can get somebody that's a young player, like a young, a coach that could work well with a uh, young player, especially if you've got a fr- somebody you want to make as your franchise quarterback, you should be going for his strengths, figuring out what his strengths are. I mean, that's what makes a good offense coordinator, not just going, okay, these are my plays and you're going to run them. You've got to figure out what's best for the players and make it make make it best for everybody to run it. Um, and I, and the same with the defense. I think they just need to figure out what they can do to make it better. I mean, if the defensive line isn't what it is, then, you know, some of our draft picks we got are really not doing what they were supposed to. So I don't know what you can do about that, but you have your players that, you know, the, that you drafted in your second and third rounds that you should be coming up now because Cam Hayward is, again, in his 12th year. How much longer are you going to have him? So I don't know. I think there's a lot of stuff they need to make some changes on. I'm just not sure what is the exact answer, but I think they need to start by just uh, making some tweaks here and there and see what happens. So, All right. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, there was even a thing, and I'm not going to go into it too much because it was seen on the uh, Pat McAfee show. They talked about it on there. So if you guys want to go watch it and look at the list about Mike Tomlin, it was only posted a couple of hours ago as of this recording. So, And it just talks about from what Mike Tomlin has done from 2007 until 2020. And it's really not that pretty. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily Mike Tomlin's fault, but it could be. In this case, I still will blame Matt Canada for this. And then from there on, if this next offensive coordinator that we potentially get isn't getting the offensive numbers, then maybe it is Tomlin's problem or maybe it's a Kenny Pickett problem. But I feel like first things first is just working on getting a new offensive coordinator, which we probably won't see this season unless the offense continues to put up three and six points for the next three weeks. So, which is possible. I mean, if, if we only put up six against Houston, I mean, I guess anything's possible, but when it comes to teams only putting up field goal numbers, let's talk about some of these other AFC teams that uh, played this week. First, we're going to start with the Cincinnati Bengals who yeah, lost 20. 20- yeah. I was going to say, I mean, oh, Josh is going to dislike this because yeah, I know uh, Josh is uh, going to be listening to this from home, but yeah, they lost 27, uh, three Joe Burrow. Once again, looks like he did not throw a touchdown which ranks him probably one of the lowest quarterbacks, which is surprising after such a big contract was signed. And they lost 27-3. to It was at Tennessee. And yeah, it just did not look like a good game. What, what is, uh, do you have any uh, analysis on how the Bengals are looking? Or are they was, just, I'm guessing they're not impressing you because they're not impressing no, me. They're, they're, no, they're not impressing me. Um, I was watching a little bit of some of the highlights and stuff. And I mean, their secondary is really bad. I mean, I would have to say that, I think that probably, even though our secondary is bad, I think Cincinnati probably has a worse secondary than we have. Um, I know it probably isn't statistical that way, but it it does look pretty bad over there watching them. Um, the other thing I'll say is, I know that Joe Burrow is not might not be playing because he's like is playing through injury, but I mean, his passes are just not getting there. Um, it looks like the teams are double double covering the the two outside receivers and you would think Tyler Boyd would be open every time and the ball's never getting there because because the line either the offensive line is giving up 
people trying to get in there and he has to throw it away. He can't run, which was always a great, a great thing that Joe Burrow, because if he could run the ball for 10 yards, then all of a sudden that, that changes the whole dynamic, but he's stuck in the pocket and, and and changes how teams are going to go after him. It's the same way as if you have Lamar Jackson with a bad leg, he's not going to be as good of a quarterback if he can't run 25 yards down the field. Um, and I see that a lot with um, Joe Burrow. So I, I I do think that a lot of the stuff that they're having is because of the injury. But how long can you wait? I mean, I mean they could it could be it could be, they got to play Arizona, which Arizona is is they should be able to beat. But that's not a, a guaranteed thing because they're going to go to into Phoenix. They're going all the way into Phoenix, and as we know, or Glendale. But as we know, um, Arizona is definitely um, playing better football. Um, they beat Dallas. They played competitive against San Francisco, so um, I'm not going to say that they're going to come in there and it's going to be an easy win for them. Um, so, I mean, they could pull it out, but I don't know. I, I I don't know unless Joe Burrow changes something. Now, I did read that they said that there's no way that they're going to bench Joe Burrow. They're going to just let him play through it, which, okay, I can understand that, but you're taking a chance of playing with an injured quarterback. You've got to take your losses. You may end up being being one and seven or two and two and nine before you even get a chance to start before he starts playing really well. And at that point, are you going to be able to get enough wins to come back? So that's what you have to ask yourself. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's definitely interesting over in Cincinnati right now. I mean, definitely not looking too good on their end, obviously you know, with the injuries that we will be mentioning as well in more in-depth analysis, more or less. Uh, T. Higgins also went out with a rib injury. So that's not also really good for the Bengals either because T. Higgins is a noted wide receiver two over in that Cincinnati offense. And without him, you have Tyler Boyd moving up to wide receiver two. And I forget who is supposed to be wide receiver three. Josh is going to smack me, but I'm sorry. I don't know Bengals, Josh. You can yell at me, but, but they will be moving a wide receiver three up. And, you know, from there, we'll see how they do over these next couple of weeks. But like you said, Arizona's competitive. I mean, they it was like, 20, like you said uh, earlier when we were talking, it was like 20 to 16, I think you said, at half. Yep. So but it wasn't like it was. Quarter. It was at the end of the third quarter. It was 20 to 16. And then um, uh, San Francisco scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, um, which were 15 points. It, was a, it got a two-point conversion and another touchdown. So it was 15 points to make it 35 to to um to to 16 but it was competitive going into the third quarter yeah and i mean and honestly i mean i feel like arizona has gotten you know the uh the small end of the stick here uh they haven't been able to win some of these you know closer games they lost to the giants like 31 20 31 28 a few weeks back you know they've they've had some really tight games but i mean you know they're not that bad of a team so for the Bengals to have to go up against them you would think it's a win but the way that Cincinnati has been playing honestly I don't even know if that would be a guarantee win and from what I know from what I've seen in the AFC North I don't think any team in the AFC North has a guaranteed win um I I mean like just going forward I mean I think the teams are all decent but I, I do think that there are some issues on each team and a lot of injuries and a lot of issues and, you know, and also, well, I was going to actually mention Baltimore, you know, Baltimore and Cleveland also played and Baltimore, I believe, won very similar score. I believe it was uh, 28 to three. So yes. almost one point more than Tennessee beating Cleveland. Um, 
Dorian Thompson Robinson went in. Uh, me and Josh are very high on that guy. He didn't look too great, but the one interception he did have, I believe, was it like bounced off one of the players or something weird happened. DTR threw an interception. I don't think he looked horrible, but he definitely didn't look ready. And, you know, without Watson, they only put up three. The defense couldn't really do a whole lot. You know, do you think that Cleveland is overrated? A lot of people went in the season with high hopes for Cleveland. Do you think Baltimore is legit? Do you think that they're phony? Because I think the Cowboys are phony. Sorry, Cowboys fans, but I think Cowboys are phony. <laughs> but I I think they're a little phony. And sometimes I wonder if Baltimore is a little phony. But, I mean, it's a little too early on. What, what do you think of this? I mean, that game, I don't know if you, how much you watched that, but that's that's, you know, Go figure now you have like 12, you have three teams that put up a total of 12 points in the AFC North this week. You had yes. the Steelers putting yeah. up six, you had the Bengals putting up three, and then you had the Browns putting up three and Baltimore putting up probably the most because of 28 well, points. So, well, I think the, um, I think the Browns are a, uh, I think their defense is much improved. I think they got a much better defensive coordinator and I believe it's, is it Schwartz they signed? I think he's a well-known defensive coordinator that is going to do really well for them. Um, I think also um, with that being said, I also think that um, their offense is again, is a struggling part of it. Um, I don't think, I don't see them being this juggernaut. I mean, I would say if if you had to tell me which one had the best offense, I'd say Baltimore probably has the best offense just because of the way they're putting up points and how they're running the ball and the way they're moving. Um, but that doesn't mean that I think Baltimore has this elite offense. Um, I really don't. I, I think that they have an okay offense and I think that you got to worry about Lamar Jackson all the time because he can get injured at any point. Um, you brought it up on the I think one of the last episodes where you said that um, Anthony Richardson is like Lamar Jackson. He keeps running the ball, and when you run the ball all the time, you're going to end up getting hurt, and that ends up what ends up happening. Um, he's been out two the last two seasons. He hasn't been able to finish. He starts off hot and then gets injured in the end. I mean that, that's kind of rough. So you hope that you can get through it, um, but I mean I don't think that they're a dominant team. I don't think their defense is really good they're having a lot of secondary injuries like uh, their secondary has gotten some injuries again this year um they got a really good safety back there but i mean you can't rely on just the safety to be really good back there so um i think they're a okay team um i think their defense is okay i think their offense is okay but they could end up being the best team in the afc north right now because the other teams really don't have any offense (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at all. I yeah, mean, if you look I mean, at the other teams, none of them have really good offenses. I mean, so Cleveland doesn't have one, Pittsburgh doesn't have one, and Cincinnati doesn't have one right now. Not to say that any one of them could, couldn't get hot. Just right now, I don't see any of them being, you know, more dominant enough to win the division over Baltimore. But does that mean that this week that Pittsburgh, that Baltimore comes into Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh could end up winning it? Yeah, it could happen because, you know, Lamar Jackson struggles at Pittsburgh. So for whatever reason, he could end up losing the game and we could end up being three and two and tied for first. But I mean, overall you have to look at all the teams have to play all the same teams. So you just have to hope that you win some more than the other team. But I I just don't see, I I think Baltimore is going to end up winning the division by default. And Mm -hmm. I hate to say it, but that's what I think. Um, but I do think that probably the best defense out of our division right now is probably Cleveland. The second best is Pittsburgh. 
and then I would say Baltimore, and I'd say Cincinnati probably has the worst defense out of the four division teams. Right yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely interesting because I feel like at this point in time, as you you kind of you know alluded to, I, I mean, I feel like it, it's it's just pretty much a toss up. I mean, there's really no one guaranteed to win the division this year, and and I, I hate to say it for Bengals fans, but uh, even if they do get hot at this very moment or in the next couple of weeks, I, it is going to be a long road back up from you know where they're at in the standings. I mean, one and three isn't the worst to come back from, but you already got those three losses, you know. And you don't want to lose like four more because then you're looking at, you know, seven losses and that's 10 and seven. I mean, maybe Cincinnati could sneak in as a wild card at this point in time, but it might be a little tougher for them to climb back up. Very possible, but we'll see. We'll see a lot going into next week. Did you? Well, did you well, Cincinnati, well, real quick with Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati still has to play all the top teams because they were the top team last year. So they got to play the Buffaloes. They got to go play Kansas City. Um, mm-hmm. And then they're going to still have to play the. Um, they still have to play San Francisco, and they'll have to play Seattle. Um, so I mean, they still have to play the teams out there in the West that are there, and then um, they'll end up probably playing at one point. Um, they'll end up playing Minnesota, but I mean Minnesota's struggling as well. But they're going to end up playing some of the topper, some of the more elite teams that they're going to have to get through as well, um, which is going to be tough for them too. So. I mean, that's something, too, to consider is that you still have those games still out there. So that that could easily be three wins or three losses. But if you lose all three of those games, now you're all of a sudden one in, you're one in six. And then then you add a couple more here or there. You better hope that you don't lose to like a Pittsburgh somewhere along the way or lose to Baltimore again or lose to Cleveland again. Because if you lose all your division games or if you even go one in five in your division, it's hard to win that division. So, mm-hmm. I mean, because any tiebreaker you lose. So, yeah, because I mean, the Bengals also still have to play the 49ers at some point. I think it's Halloween weekend, October 29th, which is the day that we play the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, like you said, they still have to play Buffalo. There's a lot of teams that they still have to play. And um, yeah, they're, they're not looking too good right now. But as of right now, I guess the AFC North is, uh, you know, very up for grab. And in, yep. I'm in my squeaky chair, so if anybody can hear that, it's just my my chair, I promise. It is not my microphone. But we're going to move past the AFC North. I feel like, you know, at this point in time, it is, you know, very early on in the season. Anything can happen. Next thing you know, freaking Cleveland wins the division. I'm not saying that'll happen, and I don't wish for that to happen because I don't really support the Cleveland Browns, but that comes no, from a Pittsburgh either. Steelers fan. Nonetheless, moving <laughs> on, let's talk about some other games. So on Thursday Night Football, the Lions beat the Packers, and I know that Alvarado is going to talk about this a lot more in depth. He's super excited because he's a first-year Lions fan, so we call him the rookie. Super passionate, super excited about watching this Lions team, but is there anything special you wanted to see? You wanted to say, because like I know when it came to Jordan Love, it, he didn't do awful, but definitely didn't impress as much, and it almost felt like that team didn't show up like you uh, I was may have say, Yeah, I said he, he didn't even show up. I mean, it was 28-3 before they even scored any points. Um, yeah. I, I, they, they didn't look – Green Bay didn't look good at all. I mean, I don't know what, what we're missing. I mean, Green Bay is another team that, like the Steelers, they don't seem to want to start off real good. Um, the, the New Orleans game, they were shut out in the first half, and then they come back and score 18 points in the second half. Um, again, New Orleans is not an elite team, so you doing that against a team like that, I can see it. But Detroit's a good team. You're not going to be able to do that against these teams. And not that I expect Green Bay to be like a Super Bowl contender, 
but I would expect them to be somewhat competitive. I mean, they have a lot of weapons there too. So the question you have to ask yourself, is it because of the quarterback or is it because of the play calling or is it just because of, you know, everything in general, just not working right. Um, I know they have a lot of injuries on the offensive line. I read an article where they have two offensive linemen that, that they feel that is so bad that they're ready to pick up somebody off the street, a, a guard and a tackle that they have because they're playing. They're looking for ta- just somebody that they caught, somebody caught to pick up because they think they got to be better than what they have. <laughs> That's not real good if you have yeah. that. I mean, you know, we were talking about our tackles, but I mean, they also have offensive line trouble. So, um, I don't know. I think that there's a lot to say. I it, it looks like they don't even show up. It looks like they they sometimes don't have the passion. Um, the one, I mean, he was throwing long bombs to start the game. He had like two out of his first six plays were long bombs, and they were incomplete. You know, I mean, yeah, you can score touchdowns quickly, but you don't make a living off of just throwing long bombs. I mean, you could try, but a lot of times in the NFL, it doesn't always connect. So. I don't know. I th- I thought it was very kind of a poor play on um, on Green Bay side. I just didn't think they played well, and I don't know. I ho- hopefully they can get it together. I mean, they have a longer week because they had a Thursday night game. Um, I don't. I'm not sure who they play this week, but I know that they have a. Um, uh, they got to be playing better than what they they were playing against Detroit, and I think Detroit's an elite team, but I just don't know. I don't know if what what else they're going to be able to do over there. So. Yeah, the Packers play Monday night against the Raiders. They play at Raiders, who they're still dealing with that Jimmy G injury, and they also are coming off of a loss, which actually wasn't that bad of a loss, but we'll get into that in a minute. We're just kind of going down the list here of games. Um, So a game that I kind of don't really want to discuss because me and you talked about not discussing it, uh, Falcons and Jaguars. Jaguars won 23-7. Really nothing super exciting about that game, in my opinion. It was in London. Hey, the, I feel like that's probably the most exciting part. Hey, hey, the only thing I want to bring up is I did watch the Toy Story part of it, which was kind of weird. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I didn't know <laughs> how you thought about that. Of, I definitely... It was kind of weird, but I mean, other than that, it was... it was. I don't know why they did it, but I thought I would, would at least check it out, but it was kind of weird. So... Yeah, I, I definitely wasn't a big fan of how the animated characters were. I think it was a neat experience in theory, but I think it could have been executed just a little differently. The players yes. just made me feel a little uncomfortable. But nonetheless, <laughs> uh, Rams <laughs> Rams and Colts. Uh, Rams beat the Colts 29-23 in overtime. You know, I was it was, a, it was a good game, I think, you know, going into overtime. Is anything special you wanted to mention about that game? I mean, I think, you know, it shows both teams are pretty competitive. It shows that, you know, this is like the second time the Rams have like had an overtime, you know, game and going back with it, you know, with the Rams. I I think that they could be a really legit team and they're doing pretty well considering they don't have Cooper Cup. Um, And I think Indianapolis is surprising a little bit here as well, you know, with Anthony Richardson and with, you know, all of the different, you know, scheme changes and stuff compared to last year. I don't know how you feel about this game, but anything yeah, I thought, you wanted to I mention? Thought that, no, I thought Indianapolis um, is playing very competitive. I think the I think they, the team that they struggled the most on um, this year was, I think, Jacksonville. They don't think they did real well against Jacksonville, I think, was a the team. There was one team, I don't remember who it was, but there was one team they struggled, they didn't do real well against. But every other game they've been in, comp- in, in competition with, um, I mean, Houston. They were in. Comp- they played them. They beat them. They were able to uh, 
um, beat Baltimore, and now they they almost uh, they went into overtime against uh, the Rams. So I mean, they're playing some good. They're playing teams and they're being competitive. Um, so some of these teams I think that were bad last year may not be as bad. And some of the teams that were a little bit better last year, I think are looking a lot worse. So um, I, I do want to say that probably in the NFC West, we're probably going to have the, probably the two, one of the two teams there are going to be the worst in the, uh, in the NFL, either it's going to be the Raiders or the, or not in the NFL, but in the, um, in the AFC is either going to be the Raiders or the Broncos. I think, yeah, I think the only because, the, the, yeah the Raiders the only one Raiders were able to win against was the Broncos Denver. and the Broncos and that was because they were at home. So what happens when they go to Denver? <laughs> yeah, so I don't yeah, know. And, that, I, and that wasn't I, even I, that big know. of a win. Yeah, no, it was seventeen sixteen. It wasn't like it was like a, a twenty point win or anything. So um, I, I I look at the other AFC teams and I say you know most of them are going to be pretty competitive this year. Um, Everybody was looking at Houston as going to be a team that are going to be, you know, people are going to walk over. Well, they beat Jacksonville and now they just beat Pittsburgh. So, you know, they, they might they might start making some noise here if C.J. Stroud can start getting the ball done, start feeling confident, and they, their defense is, is starting to get together. I mean, they could end up being a team that maybe not can't do good, but if they go, even if they go 6-11, um, and 11, I mean, that's much of an improvement, or 7-9, seven and seven and nine. that's an improvement over... What is so seven to ten? Seven and ten, seven yeah. To the 10, extra yeah, game even, now, yeah. Seven and ten. It's, it's, I mean, it's, they, I'm still not used to it. Yeah, I, I do that sometimes. But seven and ten, even if they go seven to ten, that's still going to be it's still a much improved over what they went last year. So I think a lot of these teams over there are, are improving, and you can see it by their skill level. Um, but there has to be teams that falter. So you, you know, every year you're going to see that. So just who 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 can win enough games? So. But I do think Indianapolis is doing pretty well, though. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think both of those teams, like, they played it out well. I think, you know, the Colts, you know, definitely look promising. You know, I kind of am eating my words when it comes to Anthony Richardson going forward. You know, always hoping for the best for him. I'm kind of glad that he's proven me wrong. So, I mean, you know, maybe he ends up being that that guy. But nonetheless, Two uh two really good teams going at it, going into overtime. Rams picking up the big victory. You know, we we had the Vikings and Panthers. I don't really want to talk about that one too much. Nothing <laughs> super eventful. Uh super awesome that the Vikings won twenty one thirteen. The only thing I'm gonna say is that was a great block on the uh um they had a block on Kirk Cousins. Oh yeah, you, yeah. You, that, you, that, yeah, that was a good block. Interception yeah. or, and the interception interception retard. That was about yeah. the greatest play there, but you know. Yeah, everything else, it just felt very, you know, lackluster, nothing really crazy to report. I mean, I don't know how you felt about the uh, the Buccaneers and Saints game. I feel like that was another one that really wasn't that impressive. I mean, the Buccaneers are surprising this year, but I, I feel like the Saints, it, it's not really a, a shocking win. I mean, obviously, you still got like the division, but like it's like a divisional game, but still, you know. Well, I think Buccaneers are probably the best team in that division. Um, I don't think, yeah. I think New Orleans, I think New Orleans has some offensive skill, but again, I don't think they're, I don't think Carr is the answer to take them anywhere special. Um, so, but I mean, if you look at that division, you have Carolina, Atlanta, um, and then you look at Tampa Bay, I think Tampa Bay is going to probably end up winning that division again, um, even with Baker Mayfield. Um, 
but I do think that they're probably the best, probably the best, the, uh, they're probably the best team in that division. Um, I don't think Baker Mayfield is like a great quarterback, but he can give you some wins. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's what, I think that's what you're getting in Tampa. Um, so, but I, I don't know. I think, uh, I think it, again, that's a pretty, you know, okay game, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So. And then, um, we're, we're going to, there's two games that I know you specifically wanted to talk about, but we're just going to kind of skim over some of the other games real quick. Uh, Chargers Raiders. Uh, that was a 24, 17 win for the Chargers. Um, you know, cool. I mean, we're happy for the Chargers. Kind of crazy that the Garoppolo. Raiders actually kind of kept it close, you know, without Garoppolo. Garoppolo yeah. Pretty impressive for the, uh, the Raiders. Yeah. So, and, uh, Garoppolo being hurt, I think was pretty, pretty crazy. And then obviously Herbert, which we'll talk about too. Um, he went in with a cast or at least he had a cast on. I don't know if he went in and played or not. I didn't watch the game, but I do know that he was in a cast after suffering a hand injury, but the chargers did pull that one out, which is pretty good considering they've been dealing with a lot of injuries. You know, Mike Williams is out for the rest of the season. Austin Eckler has been dealing with his injury as well. He's been out since week one. So there, there's been a lot of injuries on the chargers that, you know, are very, very harmful, but Hey, you know what? Good for the chargers for picking up that win. Um, we kind of talked a little bit about the Cardinals and 49ers. Um, you know, I mean, once again, 49ers stay hot, you know, they're yeah. obviously still super bowl favorites, you know, a little bit of promise from the Cardinals, you know, keeping it kind of close at the beginning and then 49ers running away with it. Obviously they were in San Francisco, so might've had something to do with it too. Then also another game I don't really want to talk about, 38-3 Cowboys beating the Patriots. Once again, I don't like either of these teams, and it has nothing to do with me not wanting to discuss them. I just don't think it was that eventful of a game to discuss. I don't think uh, the Patriots looked that good at all, and obviously the Cowboys, for me, although have a very, very good defense, sometimes they just for, they just kind of randomly will just forget how to play defense and it didn't happen this week they did play really great defense but last week you know against Arizona they just kind of forgot how to play so you know very big win for them but you know we'll 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 see how the rest of the rest of it goes um and then the two games that I know you wanted to talk about a lot so we're going to start with uh Broncos and Bears so Broncos came back after being yeah, down, what was it, 28-7? 28-7 or 20. Yeah, it was something like that. It was like, yeah. it, they were like three touchdowns down. And they came back and I, did, it, did it go to overtime or did they win it outright? I can't remember. I, they won it outright. It looked, yeah. yeah, they won it outright. They won 31 28. So it yeah, would have been. So yeah. Yeah. So I think it was 28. I think it was 28 to 7 mm-hmm. at one point um, because we were saying, oh, yeah, look, Chicago's going to get their first win since. Uh, would you tell me? You do, oh, do yeah. It? So so fun fact to anybody out there listening. Elon Musk bought Twitter last year, and the Bears have not won a game since Elon Musk has <laughs> bought Twitter, which was posted all over social media, and the Bears exactly. have still not won a game since Elon Thanks. Musk has bought Twitter. Well, now it's X, but at the time it was Twitter. Yeah, yeah, so. but, it was Twitter. but yeah, but, still, but so, continue. Yeah, we were talking yeah, about but that. Still, but, but again, they were up 28 to 7, and, and then they didn't score another point. And they scored. They 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 scored. Um, Denver scored twenty four points, made it thirty one to twenty eight. And, and my thought is, I know these two are really like crummy teams, but I mean, come on. I mean, 
<laughs> you know, I mean, I they both yeah. have terrible defenses. I mean, they really do. Um, but I don't think either team is one is better than the other. I think they were both. You could have flipped the coin on that one and see what happened. So, I do think it was really kind of surprising because, you know, when it comes to Russell Wilson, he has not been playing to his utmost potential since leaving Seattle. You know, no. did not have a good season last year. This was probably one of maybe his best performance in Denver that I have seen since he has joined Denver last season. Granted, well, I didn't he, watch he a lot did, of the Broncos games. But. He had a good game against Washington this year, too. Oh, yeah, like you're, you're right. He, yeah, he yeah. had 35 points or something against them, but you couldn't go in and win, like uh, pull it off. But, again, um, I mean, he's playing better, but I still don't see – I, I think Denver doesn't have a defense. I mean, I think Denver's struggle right now is defense, and they can't stop anybody. I mean, you can't give up 70 points on a team and you know against Miami. I don't care who you are. You, you, you just can't do that. So that has to tell you how bad their defense really is. Um, so... But well, and and you mentioned Miami. Well, let's let's uh, let's flip over to Miami then. So obviously, as we had mentioned, Denver won thirty one twenty eight. Big comeback win for the Broncos. The Bears still remain winless in the NFL going into Week Five. But a team that we thought was going to uh, stay hot ended up being silenced just a little bit by a division rival, the Buffalo Bills, Miami Dolphins final score ended up being none other than 48 to 20 not a very good look for the Miami Dolphins after well, how, blowing out Denver what do you got to say how good is is uh is um Buffalo all of a sudden I mean they've they've won, had three games in a row where they're over 30 points in 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 uh in uh in their last wins they had 48 they had I believe 31 and 38 in their last three wins um they're scoring over 30 points a game um, they played it against Miami. Um, they were against Washington. Again, I mean, I know some of these teams aren't like elite teams, but, I mean, you still have to score points against them. So mm-hmm. um, I, I know they lost to the Jets week one. Um, but right now they're looking like probably the best team in the AFC. I mean, I can't say that Kansas City looked like a dominant team. I know they were, we were talking, going to talk a little bit about Sunday night, but they didn't look like a dominant team at all. Um you know, so far this year, I think the only team they looked really dominant against was Chicago. Um, so other than that, I mean, in their first four games, yeah, they're three and one. And they might be better as it goes on. But right now, I don't see them, you know, blowing out teams or doing anything. I think they're struggling on wide receivers. Their wide receivers are not doing well at all in um, Kansas City. I mean, we could talk about that, but... But with Buffalo, I just think Buffalo has got everything together. I think um, they're, right now they're playing well. Their defense is playing well. They're making timely turnovers. Um, and I think they had a great game plan against uh, Miami. I think um, I think Buffalo and Miami has played for you for many, many years. And Buffalo and Miami, I think it always is, goes down to one or the other, which team is going to have the better year that year. So I just think right now I think – even though Miami might be able to beat everyone else until you can beat Buffalo, I think you're going to have a tough time winning that division. So, um, and it it was last year too. I mean, they were able to beat them in Miami, but they weren't able to beat them in Buffalo late in the season. So um, we'll see what happens, but that's just my thought. You know, that's what I think is going on with Buffalo there now. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a it's kind of a toss up, you know. When it comes to the Buffalo Bills, on my part, you know, I'm you know I I really do like silently really love watching the Dolphins play. I I've always kind of had a special place in my heart for the Miami Dolphins. Kind of a tough loss watching them win, but you know I'm a big big Demar Hamlin fan just because he was he was a pit. So love you know seeing him play one of his first games back, you know, in a very long time since suffering that crazy injury back in January of this past year. So it was great mm-hmm. to see him back in that huge victory, but still a little sad to see, you know, the Miami Dolphins lose just because they do have a special place in my heart. However, when it comes to, you know, the Dolphins, I mean, I, it, like I said, it, it's hit or miss. We'll see how it goes. Buffalo, they might dominate this season, but I'm waiting to see what they do come playoffs because they've been the Super Bowl favorites for multiple years or multiple times, and they just always fall short. Maybe yeah. this will be the year that they just kind of, finally get over that hump maybe they just stay healthy they stay hot you know hope for the best because i feel bad for those bills man you well know, they also it, well it, right now like you like we said cincinnati's not playing up to their their uh potential and you also have um you, you also don't have kansas city playing up to their potential so if you go in the afc who's really the most dominant team in the afc right now it would have to be buffalo i mean and then you have miami would be the first i would put them as one and two I don't know who else I would I would put Baltimore maybe at three, you know, right yeah. now. I mean, Kansas City, I guess, could be three as well. I mean, they're all into that, you know, type of situation there. I don't think that you're going to have Jacksonville or Tennessee or any of those teams out in the south coming on and taking over and going in the Super Bowl coming from that division. I mean, I could be wrong, but I just don't see any team out of there that is that dominant that's going to be able to do that. So, I mean – if I go with my AFC pick, if I had to say, I would probably say Buffalo looks like the most. Now, again, it's early in the season. Like you said, let's see what happens in week 10. If we have like um, um, Josh Allen and uh, Diggs and, you know, three or four players injured and they're they're on a backup quarterback, I could change everything on what's going on. So um, it all depends on what happens. But right now they do look like they're playing the best football. Um, and we'll just see how it goes from there. But I do think Buffalo is looking – pretty dominant out there. I mean, it, to stop a Miami team that just put 70 points up last week and then then you put 48 on them, you know, you just said, okay, here, we'll put 48 on you and then we'll give you a 20. So, I don't know. I thought it was a very, very, very dominant performance by Buffalo and it, it proved, it showed people that they're there for real. So, yeah, so. Yeah, like I said, we'll we'll see how the rest of uh, their seasons go over in that division as well. You know, could be anybody's game. We'll see what happens with uh, Buffalo if they stay hot. We'll see if Miami you know picks themselves up, dusts themselves off, and move forward, or if they just kind of crumble into nothingness. We'll 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 see everything that happens. But you know, a game that I did kind of miss. I don't know if you have anything like special that you wanted to mention with uh, the Commanders and Eagles. That game also went into overtime with a thirty-four, thirty-one win. Then we're going to move into the Chiefs game briefly. Yeah, talk about again, some injuries the, and then... the Commander and Eagles. I mean, again, I it shows to me that how good are the Eagles? I mean, Eagles were very dominant last year. They were beating teams by fourteen points. You know, there wasn't a lot of these overtime games. I mean, they had a few here or there, but. They were against good teams. So I, I just don't know if the Eagles are as good as they were last year. Um, I mean, there's 4-0, but you can be 4-0, and it all depends on who you beat and how you beat them. So um, I don't know. I don't I don't think the Eagles are as dominant as they were last year. Um, but, you know, again, 
they could get hot too because they have the, the tools. We'll just have to wait and see. But right now, I, I don't see them being that hot um, of a team. So, Yeah, I mean, obviously the 49ers still the favorite over in the NFC. I yep. think they're probably the team that you kind of alluded, like once again alluded to, basically that dominant 4-0 team where they're just winning by two touchdowns a game. I mean, exactly. I think the 49ers are just the symbol of that for the NFC Eagles. Not so much this season. Like you said, we'll see how it goes, but you know, you mentioned the chiefs jets game chiefs pulled out a squeak of a victory. And I'm yeah. sure Stan's going to have a lot of discussion about this later in this week, but you know, you were, you were talking about the chiefs wide receivers, you know, there were some missed calls there. There was, there was a lot that had, had uh, occurred during that game. You know, what, what do you think of the, uh, the chiefs in general? Also, uh, what do you, what do you think of Zach Wilson? Do you think that this was like his peak performance? Do you think this is going to continue <laughs> or do you think that it's just going to go downhill from here? Again, I think, I think with, uh, Zach Wilson, I think what you're going to get is, uh, it all depends on, he's, he's going to be like a Kenny Pickett. It depends on the secondary he's got. And again, I don't think Kansas city has a great secondary, but I think they have an okay secondary, um, so I think he was able to get some passes. He struggles whenever you get a really good team like like Dallas. Um, you have a secondary that's pretty good back there. He struggles, um, and I think that's what you what you see right now. Um, I think going back with Kansas City again, Kansas City is just not the team. Their wide receivers are are not good. I mean, you have Sky Moore, who you thought was going to be one of your stars. You don't even see him in some games. I mean, some games he doesn't even have a catch. I mean, if you have your star wide receiver not getting a catch, you're trying to get it to Tony. Tony has two catches. I mean, these these are supposed to be your stars. Um, you can't throw every single ball to Kelsey. I mean, you can try, but, I mean, eventually you can put four people on Kelsey and hope that the wide receivers catch the ball. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't see, you know, I mean, the running backs are really good. Um, I think, I think they have, uh, um, Pacheco and they have, and, uh, what's the other one that they have that is it Edwards or again, oh, what, Clyde they, Edwards, Hilaire. Clyde, yeah. Hilaire, yeah. That's so they have two really good running backs there. Um, so they do have some pretty good running backs. They just don't have, they have their wide receivers or, really not that good. Um, and I, I mean, I just, I, I don't know if, I don't care how great um, of a quarterback you have. If you don't have wide receivers that can catch the ball, you're going to be in trouble. And I think that's what's going on with Kansas city. They're squeaking by on some of these wins, but again, Sky Moore, Tony, um, I think that the um, Valdez is probably the best one. Um, He's probably their best wide receiver right now, but he was their, he's supposed to be their third wide receiver. He's not even supposed to be their top. Um, uh, I think when they lost Juju Smith-Schuster, though I don't think he's a star, but he was a much better wide receiver, um, number one for them, than, than what they have here. So uh, I don't know. I see a lot of a lot of issues that I don't think they, they were looking, they were even thought were going on with them. So Yeah, so I mean, and that – you know, when it comes to the, the Chiefs though and the Jets, do you, do you think uh, do you think you know? Ask Connor about this too. You, you think Taylor Swift's any uh, good luck over there for the <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs? I don't know. I don't know. I think I think it's kind of uh, I think it's kind of 
I think they should be showing her every single commercial. You know, every time that they, that the, a, a Kansas City person scores, it, we show a picture of Taylor Swift. Yeah, so it, it was I, weird you know. for me because they they showed. I think Pacheco ran it in for a touchdown, and then they showed Taylor Swift. But like Taylor Swift has no connection to Pacheco at all. Like it would make sense if Kelsey would have like scored yeah, that touchdown, because they they like in for for sports in general. Like whenever like a player scores a touchdown and then their family's in the stands, they'll show their family. But I feel like showing Taylor Swift on an Isaiah Pacheco, you know, touchdown was just kind of random. So, but that's just me. But well, they were showing it on a throw. Like if Kelsey made a catch, like a first down catch. Okay, let's show Taylor Swift. It's a catch. That's what he gets paid to do. Yeah, what are you going to do? Show him when he blocks a player and say, hey, okay, look, Kelsey blocked this guy. Let's go over and see what Taylor Swift is doing. You know, I I, yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's – I think they're trying to bring up ratings, and um, I, I don't know. I, I think – I don't think it's what, the, what you should be doing. But, I mean, if that's what they think is going to work, it's fine. But I think it's kind of – you know, I think it's – it isn't what football player, football fans want to see. I don't think they really want to see Taylor Swift every time that we see a uh, a, a catch or a touchdown for Kansas City. So yeah, so yeah. I mean, I hundred percent agree. I mean, we'll see if Taylor Swift shows up for for the uh, Week Five Kansas City game. You know, she's shown up the last two weeks. We'll see if they continue their 2-0 and streak that the NFL was preaching about all over social media. Exactly. Now, let's get into some injuries before we uh, wrap it up here today. Yep. We mentioned Kenny Pickett. He's out with a suffered knee bruise. Bruised knee? Is that, yes, is that that's what, what That's what they said. A bruised Bone knee. Bruise. Yeah, it's a, it's a deep knee. But they're going to try to see if he can practice this week. Mm-hmm. So they'll see what happens. Um, if he can practice, they're going to try to get him to play. But he has to be able to be mobile enough. You know, with that offensive line, you need somebody to be mobile because if he's if he can't move, he's going to be a sitting duck back there. So, um, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I, he has to be able to move a little bit with that knee. So they're hoping it improves as the week goes on. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll play on Sunday. I think it is going to be Mitchell Trubisky starting, and then I think they're just going to hold him out for this week. And then since we're on the bye next week, uh, I don't think he's going to play until uh, we come back to verse. Uh, at LA, which is the same thing with Pat Fryermuth, who is also hurt at this very moment. Pat Fryermuth went down with a hamstring injury and did not return. And it says he is expected to miss two to three weeks, which would put him in the time frame of coming back after the bye, like Kenny Pickett would probably be, or the game following that. Yes. So that's where Pat Fryermuth is, but I'm not too worried about that. We got Darnell Washington. So I think he's going to be a, a good breakout player that you may want to pick up in fantasy. I like that. <laughs> um, so, and then we've got Justin Herbert, or Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert. Oh my goodness. It took me like three, three times to say that he injured his left non-throwing hand after throwing an interception against the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday. He has a fractured finger and it, Apparently it was a gruesome nail injury or something. Um, but luckily LA has the week five bye this coming week. So hopefully uh, he'll be back for next week after the bye. Matt Stafford, he went down with a good deep bruise on his hip, but he's not expected to miss much time, if any time at all. So when it comes to the Rams going into this week, it's probably not going to be too much of a worry, but Matt Stafford just might not be as uh, 
mean, he's not much of a mobile quarterback, but you just got to make sure he doesn't land on it wrong and re-injure himself. So, and then Javante Williams, uh, running back for the Denver Broncos. He left with a hip injury and did not return. Sean Payton would not comment on his injury and said, it looks like it is believed to be a hip flexor and is not expected to miss much, if any time, but he did not want to comment on it. So, but when it comes to T Higgins, that is an injury where it is a rib injury and it looks like it's going to be a fracture and it's unclear of how long he will be out for, but it could keep him off the field until week seven, which we'll see Tyler Boyd and Trent Irwin or uh, Andrea Izovius. And the reason I'm going over this guys and all these injuries is because there were so many this past week. So usually I don't always cover all these injuries, but geez Louise, there were so many. Uh, Mike Evans was also hurt. Uh, he, you know, scored a touchdown in the Buccaneers game and then looked to develop solid connection with Baker. You know, I'm reading this from Pro Football Network, but basically um, he suffered a hamstring week four, did not return either. His issue could be minor, but once again, Bucks will be on the bye, so it's not too much to worry about. Devontae Adams looks like he had a shoulder injury in that Raiders loss to the Chargers, and Adams said he definitely does not feel good right now, so we'll see how that plays out. Uh, we mentioned Pat Fryermuth, Jawan Johnson got hurt during practice, uh, or warm-ups, I should say, and they didn't offer an update on his status. Uh, offense tackle for the Dolphins, uh, he's going to miss time. He's going to miss probably a few, few, you know, it says will be measured in weeks, not days. Uh, you know, there's just, there, there's just a lot of injuries. You know, I, I feel like there were some edges and some cornerbacks and just, there's there a lot. And I think uh, even uh, rookie Christian Gonzalez, cornerback from New England Patriots also went down with a shoulder injury and did not turn. He dislocated his shoulder and is expected to miss time. Geno so, Smith was injured too in the Monday night game. He didn't return, but they said, luckily they have the bye. So he should be ready because it was like a slight sprain on the knee, I believe it is. So he was, yeah. Out. So he was another one that went out too. So, yeah, and and that's just and that's just insane. I mean, go figure. Look at all of these injuries that happened just in one week. I mean, when it comes to the NF flipping up, NFL flipping upside down for just after one week. Well, this was the week because oh my goodness, that this was the week because um, how about that voice crack? Yeah, I heard um, it. <laughs> yeah. How about that voice crack? Um, after that crazy week, um, you know, just flip the NFL upside down. So I mean. When it comes to the NFL, it's very unpredictable. And usually I don't always go through all the injuries. And I know me and Josh usually don't, but I feel like this week there was a lot of notable players that did get hurt. So I feel as if it was worth mentioning almost every single one of them, except a couple of like some players that I may have missed that weren't on uh, Pro Football Network. So with that said, do you have anything else you would like to add in here before you know nope. we sign off here? Nope, I think that should be it. All right, well... With that said, I'm going to try to attempt to do Josh's spiel here, but we'll see how it goes. Thank you for listening to today's show. If you enjoy, please remember to leave a like, comment, and subscribe. We can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts and on YouTube at No Butts Show. Our social media pages are No Butts underscore show on Instagram and No Butts Show on TikTok, which TikTok is still empty, so you might be one of the first followers there. <laughs> Not my Twitter, but Josh's Twitter is Josh underscore Butts underscore 2001. And if you would like to reach us, you can email us at bullmoosepodcast2 at gmail.com. That is the number two 
at gmail.com. Finally, our spread shop will be in the description below. So check out our merch. And when Josh is finally healthy again, he will be cooking up some new merch for you guys too. So if you want to go check it out, please go and support us. We'd love to see all the support all over the world. But once again, if you enjoyed today's show, please give us a like, comment, and subscribe. And until next time, go do something nice for somebody else. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.